Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Cosmos, a weekly conversation, leading edge conversation to awaken your authentic self towards your soul growth. And we're going to talk about the eclipse. We're in the season. It happens twice a year. That's when the alignment of our earth, the three biggies, the earth in its orbit around the sun and our personal moon all align to eclipse and shut the lights out of either the moon or the sun. And these represent really dynamically in, integral parts of ourselves. The sun representing that, just like the sun, shining everything into us is our ego. We use it. We integrate. We synthesize through it. And the lunar part that reflects that is how we feel about it, how our emotions are history of our childhood and our foundational self, very uh, significant. So we've just had the lunar eclipse on the 19th of December in Taurus. And again, this is an astronomical factor. Astronomy and astrology were a united family until age of enlightenment and different things. And it's well wending its way back as a support of nature. So the fact is, is that it, it was in Taurus. Okay, now we're going to be talking about the eclipse in the when the sun is being eclipsed. And we can't see it. It's going to be down in Antarctica with the penguins, dear penguins. And it's going to be in Sagittarius. Uh, solar eclipse, and then our new moon in Gemini. So basically, we could consider these the sage and the messenger, ruled by Jupiter and Mercury, the cycle pump that can travel from Zeus, the sage, Jupiter, to the underworld to bring our spirit into our matter, which we are, one might consider, a spirit incarnated. So as you feel what you get, not just what you see is what you get, but maybe internally is what you see is what you get. Okay, let's have it now for the Moonbeam team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, Certified Astrologer, Sacred Healing Counselor, Taroist and Numerologist, providing individual consultations 
Teaching and Tutoring Internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Yeah, and we have some energy changing right here because we've had for several months, well, the team keeps changing. It's had Liz, it's had Sarah, we had Kathy, Catherine Metcalf and from Illinois, wonderfully, and she was so glad, but she's needed to depart. And now we have Justin Crockett-Elsie, also from the Northwest, and uh, he's going to tell you about himself. And like the eclipse, we see something and we come back. So Justin, how can you... Thank you for joining us so much. And if you'd introduce yourself. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I'm an archetypal astrologer and professionally, and I do in-depth astrology readings and astrological research focusing on natal and progress charts and predictive astrology and predicting events and and so on and so forth. So that's what I do. You do indeed. And I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. Justin's also a medium and answers every question and an author and a great soul. So his, <laughs> he'll be officially part of our little uh, intro. And thank you for joining us. So we have here, the we're right in the middle. It hasn't happened yet. Today is the 28th, I did not say of November. And so, and we are, and the sun is actually in Sagittarius. I was noticing about different techniques last night. I don't know why some nights are hard to go to sleep, you know? And um, so I was checking out the chart and I was look, looking at ideas like the transference of light, which is a traditional idea in astrology where the, the moon is it's zero degrees starts going around and talking to the different planets. And I was noticing, well, of course, since it's in Virgo, it's pretty excited right off the bat with all that Sagittarius. But that's not, we're not talking about the new moon at the moment. I mean, the full moon. Um, it's on its way to be full on the 4th. So, folks, what shall we say about this amazing new moon in Sagittarius? It's close to our uh, south node. It, zero degrees or one degrees Sagittarius. We could start off with the Sabians. Maybe we should do that. Justin and Liz, do you have, I think it's two degrees, Sag? The, what, the new moon in Sagittarius coming up? No, am I That's saying the- full moon? Oh, I'm talking about, no, no, I, I'm talking about the, this full eclipse, the full, the, um, yeah, this new moon, exactly. I'm sorry. Because the nodes are is in Sag. Exactly it's actually at 12.22 degrees Sagittarius. Um, yes. And I, I apologize. I was talking about the nodes. The nodes are at two degrees or one degree something Sag. And so oh, yes. that's where I'm getting muddled because it, you know, it's like a releasing factor with the Sag. But on the other hand, it's a, well, eclipses are releasing too, I suppose. But it's a new moon 
e solar eclipse. So that's, um, yes, <laughs> you're exactly 1222 Sag. Thank you. Okay. Shall we? I think we lost Liz. Um, yeah, Liz she normally has a lot of information on this. So that's okay. but well, the, I, I can tell you on the Sabian symbol that the the major one there we're talking about, the Sabian symbol for that, is the um, the flag, the eagle, and the chantelier, right? The kind of the bugleist, right? And so it's it's really um, where we're talking about as we move forward in life, and and with that Sagittarian energy around finding uh, fulfillment and contentment about you know going towards our highest and noblest ideals at this particular point in time and really um looking at where we've been and dealing with things from the past as we go forward into the from the end of this year into new year so it's that's that sabian symbol at 12.22 degrees so the flag and the eagle that's fascinating because that's really a, a symbolic energy too and i'm not sure if, 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 if liz had anything on that either i think did you Liz? i'm back oh, yeah yeah we were talking about sabians for the uh, solar eclipse on december 4th i got a little mixed up but still yeah it's at 12 22 sag well right. and it really speaks to the united states in many ways and um I call it the karmic degree or the degree leading up because I do it a little bit different than Justin. And so there's a little bit of idealism with that. And so how did we get here? There's some idealism with it. And then so I use um, the moon degree of 13 degrees Sagittarius. A widow's past is brought to light more details to have a clear picture to move forward in a new way. And so that's where we're at right now. And the quest degree is moving towards, which is 14 degrees Sagittarius. Terrius, a vast panorama of sand and time is unfolding. The pyramids and sphinx in their glory rise before the eye. History and mystery of the past influencing us now to begin a new future. Why, thank you. I would like to keep threading this concept in, in some of our conversation because an eclipse does illuminate and it lets go, right? I mean, if I'm correct and add on or change or be, fill, jump in if at any point if I'm saying something that you wanna add to or correct in some way. Because as you know, we're going to the end of the year, we're the end of the nodes, they're gonna be in Taurus next year. In fact, next week, Justin is going to be our independent guest speaker to talk about that with a Pluto return for the United States of America. And so it's really amazing to me that this Sagittarius uh, um, energy that is coming through this, this uh, what Elsie Wheeler started with Mark Edmund Jones back in 1925, that Dane Rajar and a lot of eminent sensitive uh, psychic astrologers or you know have have embraced to, to to illustrate what it means for each of these degrees so here we are talking about the past and we're talking about the idealism 
and we're talking about um, recreating, you know, what we see in the sand, which could get washed away, but the contentment part too, that you brought up, Justin. So if we could, some feedback further on this whole thought of how maybe, maybe we should look at the chart and see what, how we can draw that in. Thanks. Thanks. Well, and even though the sun and moon are um, 11 degrees away from the south node of the moon, so the south node of the moon to me plays into that looking to the past, what's happened in the past, what gems do we have from the past that worked out really well, and perhaps maybe some things that didn't work out, and it's time to just let them go and create something new or better. Yeah. So it ties in together, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, and I'm waiting for the others if they yeah. want to jump in here. Yeah, um, the that nodal degree that Liz mentioned is also because the nodes always are in retrograde motion. It's at its very last degree, last minutes before it changes sign, and so it's this final concentrated energy of Sagittarius, which is of this idealism and this truth-seeking and this um, need for um, higher values and and um, so there's a an sense yeah a vision of what the future holds and um, and because and it just seems to add more urgency big, big dimension <laughs> big dimension absolutely we're at the end of a path ready to talk about it. And Sagittarius has to have a voice. That's why we have Sagittarius. Gemini communicates. Sagittarius has an opinion. It's got to express it. That polarity. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and I, I, I would agree. And, you know, um, you know, when we look at the degrees, you know, the way we look at it, I, I, I teach my students is the 12 degrees is where we're at, which is what we're bringing into that 13 degrees, which is the, the flag, the eagle chandelier at 12. Uh, talking about our noblest ideals. And then, of course, as, as Liz pointed out, the 13 degrees, which is, you know, what we are dealing with in the past in our society. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff we're dealing with right now in society, which is racism and and all this other stuff going on and and moving towards our, our highest ideal. And, and that one degree is is actually the Sabian symbol is the veterans. And it speaks, you know, the veterans and their memories. It's sort of an archetypal symbol for the struggles that we we deal with in society and where we're all trying to push towards, towards this idealistic and noblest, highest ideals that we're trying to push towards. And I think uh, that's it's something that everybody's reflecting on as we come to the end of this, this year. And when we move, you know, at the end of this cycle about where have we moved that rock up the hill so far now as a, as a civilization, as far as what our highest and noblest ideals are, you know? I like this, especially when I gaze at our horoscope. And for those that aren't able to see this, it might be on a podcast. We'll explain. This is based at 2.43 a.m. on the East Coast Eastern time in the United States. So at this moment, right at the bottom of the chart, at the northern point, which is... Um, uh, because the rising is 17 Libra. So we're, has Venus. Venus is at the IC, at the um, bottom of the chart. And it's in the fourth house. 
and it's in Capricorn. So because I'm thinking all this whole lunar, not lunar, I'm looking at the moon, but the solar eclipse is in the second house of values to begin with. And Venus is in this conditioned, trying to figure out what traditions in Capricorn it wants. It really relates, doesn't it? I mean, it's part of this energy that we're embracing. Like, what can we keep as Saturn in revolutionary Aquarius and with its square, because on Christmas, it's going to be the third square with Uranus in Taurus, again, looking at values. What are we keeping? What are we passing out? And what were those veteran ideas that they, what, what was it back in 1776 that mattered to people? Not necessarily everything that we're told. Values change and this um, astrology chart speaks a lot to our values. And it's like, I would say, since it's a new moon, we have new beginnings. So um, some of our values or belief systems could be worn out and we're going to create new ones. And sometimes they were secret ideas. I mean, you look at it right next to Pluto and it's in the fourth house of our internal self. And perhaps they weren't even conscious of it because Pluto is consciousness and unconsciousness partly and those motives. And I think we have some strong, you know, if one needs accountability is so strong with Capricorn. You need to be accountable. You need to know where you had an ethical error. And I think that has to do a lot of um, strong measure. Now, people probably aren't in the mood for that right now because it's the holiday seasons predominantly for many religions, not all religions, but for a large segment of the, of the country. And of course, we have the globe here, so they're not all on the same page. But nevertheless, for wherever people are, they're going to have to come to some personal accountability to really make amends, right? And then this chart has a bowl shape, so it has a focused, contained energy to it. So I would say focus on how you want to make changes, um, where you want to make changes. Uh, and communication is really important, too, at this time. Ah, I like that. Go ahead and expand people on that because, yeah, we're still in Gemini North Node, right? <laughs> yes, but then Mercury's um, next to the sun and moon in this chart. So it like maybe created a new communication style or listening to some other person's point of view that maybe you've been totally against and don't and don't want to hear it all and want to go la, 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 la. But maybe it's important to listen just to see how other people, their opinions and beliefs are too. Now, Sarah, did you have, I think, because, oh, I will preface this a little bit. You know, last week we had Tara All and Ashwin Sumbramanian, who did a, a, a moon book about the connection with the moon and all the other planets. And the point was, is that, you know, the moon is shining and doing its phases around the entire globe. It's our one person, most personal that, that, planet that combines the east and the west immediately we can say so with that i know that both justin and sarah are increasingly or in, interested with the whether um, with lunar mansions and we've learned through our own conversation which we do ahead of time that there's not just one lunar mansion there's the arabic there's 
the Vedic, there's maybe Egyptian, and I don't know, just like astrology, there's a lot of houses. There's a lot of ways to see things. So, Sarah, if you would bring yeah, I just wanted which to, lunar mansion. And, yeah, yeah, I'll mention the lunar mansion before I, I add a point to the, I mean, this is a total solar eclipse. And when with eclipses, there is a very literal reaction that, that happens globally where there is a disruption of the electromagnetic energy field um, of all different types of radiation and as well as light that that occurs that is like having experiencing a loss of power in your wherever you are it's like it's just it's very unsettling you know it just kind of jolts jolts one so it's 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 a definite reset of those energies of Sagittarius um, and that polarity point of Gemini. Um, it's also conjunct um, the point of the great attractor that's um, at 14 degrees of Sagittarius. And this is a point in the sky that where there, there's a gravitational anomaly that occurs because there's tens of thousands of stars, a big giant star cluster that um, ca causes our whole galaxy to be pulling towards this point. So there is an inevitable um, attraction or suction point of what this is, what, whatever we're focused on, it's like, we're not focused on it. <laughs> we're getting pulled yeah. to that point by the choice or by... Yes. The so things are just going to be snapping into things that have been stuck for a while. You can have breakthroughs with and things, you know, or things could break or choices could be made that you're not making choices about during this particular as a result of this eclipse. So, um, but um, to kind of tack on the, the Venus point as well, that, that Capricorn Pluto, it just really lends that sextile there and lends the um, sextile to what? To Mars? To, Ve to Venus and Pluto? From the moon? From, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, no, I'm sorry. Oh. Not really, but I mean, I, I'm mixing that up with the. Uh, that's okay. Jupiter, but can I or, can I go back yeah, on sorry. something? No, so, no, it's beautiful. I'm no, really always. Glad I'm mixing up my notes here. But that no. hey, you know what? <laughs> it's an eclipse time. We've been going off and on, and yeah, it's okay. What I just remembered was with the twelve degrees. Is the United States of America has its on its Sibley chart twelve degrees Sagittarius rising. So this eclipse is exactly on the United States ascendant. So it is a most intriguing wow. consideration as a nation to see what the strobe lights are, just like, well, however we want to see it, see what we see in the dark, right? What do we see in the shadows? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and it's described that that's, that super attractor point Um it has a polar, a polarizing effect as well. So um, there's just there's something that's very mysterious and polarizing. Any, you, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, there's just certain 
certain situations that can be more polarizing based on because but i see polarity always in in the chart right there's gemini there's i mean there's always opposites of one thing an act so how do you mean pol polarizing oh you're saying polarizing perhaps because of the opinions it's so strong it's in the second yes you know, that people yeah. are yeah vocalizing so that yeah so obviously opinions aren't all they're controversial right yeah, there, there could be dogma, propaganda, blah, 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 but as a shadow side of the Sagittarius piece, but always, um, yeah, but yeah, but there's just definite potency with this. So what was what, what, was what I was going to add? And I'll pause in case anybody wants to weigh in on. Yeah, else. Justin or Liz, do you have thoughts? Yeah. Here? Yeah, I was going to say something about the Venus, because I think that's really sort of you know, apart from the moon and the, the south node and what's going on with the, the moon phase here, I think that, that this Venus is sort of, it's this partner over here that's playing this role as it's moved into Capricorn and now it's doing this close dance with Pluto, which will eventually conjunct. I, I think it's very important. You know, it's it's interesting here in the Pacific Northwest, we're getting all this rain and, and, and Mesoamerican ast uh, astrology um, and astronomy, Tlaloc, which was Lord of the Rain, is associated with Venus and, and with that rain and maze and, and, and growth. And I think, you know, when we see this Venus in Capricorn, this is going to represent sort of in the collective people this desire for some more structure as they move into the into the um, into the new year and and trying to find things that are stable, you know, in their lives financially and and you know just in civilization as as much as possible. So I think there'll be sort of this sort of people trying to desire to find that with Venus, and I think it's giving us a lot of opportunities as we look at um, one of the nishakras, which is about finding stableness and, and, and overcoming obstacles in that Capricorn right now. And I think it's very possible. I think that's a very positive thing from the, you know, from the Arabic or the Vedic nishakras, either one kind of mentions that, that aspect of, and I think there's a very positive energy going into the year with the Venus. I think it's very helpful to us. That is um encouraging to see that it there's a strength to it because i was just noticing too and we'll bring it up with the new moon that venus will be going retrograde so she's slowing down pretty well and right now i think she's still out of bounds because last night i was looking she at this from from yeah. hawaii here, the, it she'll... was clear skies and i could see that as you look at all the planets the well because you have these little phone things that venus was out yes go ahead sorry no, she'll be she'll be in Capricorn total though through March of this coming year. So the first part of March. So we're just... right right now with Mars and sextile to that Venus. That's what I was trying to point. Out. Mars is <laughs> is assisting and helping because the sextile is a helpful aspect. So it's like Mars is assisting with energy and passion. Well, now we get to the new crunch. You know, Venus and Mars have always the cosmic lovers in some way, the yin and the yang. The Well, to be honest, one is our direction and one is our reception. But Mars is opposite. No, I can't. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. 23 degrees. I'm thinking of the other chart. Never mind. Boy. Well, and Mars is approaching a square uh, of aspect of adjustment with Jupiter. So okay. it, at the same yeah. time, it's like 
um, sextile Pluto and Venus, but then it's approaching to be in a square with Jupiter. So, and Jupiter is a benefic planet and so is Venus. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out because it's just four days afterwards. So it's approaching it. So it's still in effect. So we have a lot to consider. Yes, Sarah, I think I hear you here, but a lot to consider right now with our actions, with our attitudes, Jupiter, our opinions, how are they going to go forward? What have we lost if we have? I mean, it's in trauma Aquarius, only if we can't get the new picture more beautifully. And then Venus is going to say, like we've collectively said here, um, what can we find that's stable? There's a lot going on with this Venus. Like, you know, the fact with this chart, I mean, she's... um, She's with Pluto, which is a big deal. I mean, this is Venus rules money and relationships. And, um, and you know, where do we, uh, and, you know, it's also that, and Pluto is just all about reinventing it. And um, she's also changing from an evening star, or I mean, from a morning, an evening star to a morning star. So there's, She's a little more assertive than usual, and she's out of bounds, and um, and she's angular in this chart. I mean, for if we're looking at the U.S. chart, she's more angular, so it's activating this opposition to the the what's what's in the public view and 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 what's visibly seen, and and she's conjunct this asteroid Astraea known as the goddess of purity and innocence, justice, and precision. Um, Astraea's father was the, the God of dusk and her mother is the goddess of dawn. So there, I see just these layered themes of beginnings and endings. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Very wonderful. We have a brief breakaway but I, I do want to add that for folks that are wondering about Venus as an evening star she's still beautiful in the sky and she's going to continue being beautiful all through December into January and we'll probably revisit that one because she does have um, sets in January 3rd so get out there and look at her we'll be right back Moonbeam team November 28th and thank you so take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. 
Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Uncover new depths of yourself by decoding the moon planet cycles and phases. Uniting Eastern and Western astrological approaches, this groundbreaking book, Astrology by Moonlight, takes you beyond static birth chart analysis and immerses you in the diverse power of the lunar phases. Tara All from the USA and Ashwin Subramanyan from India have come together to take a fresh look at the moon and its synodic phases with each of the traditional and modern planets, including Pluto. Astrology by Moonlight also reveals how the phasal relationships between the moon and planets help you recognize your personal rhythms and find more meaning and purpose in everything you do. Life is full of cycles and phases, and anyone, whether they know astrology or not, can relate to them. And if you know almost everything about the topic, it just might open the door to a new perspective. One more time, the complete title of the book is Astrology by Moonlight, exploring the relationship between moon phases and planets to improve and illuminate your life and is now available to order on Amazon and most places books are sold. The book will be out for delivery when it releases on December 8th. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, tarot, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. Hi, everybody. Thank you again. You know, listening to that, I have to remember with Sagittarius, which the sun is in, and the uh, solar eclipse that's coming up is about truth, isn't it? And it is about the wild. You know, the centaur is half mankind, a physical man, actually, and but representing mankind, humanity, and uh, the wild, the animals, and it's that nature within so hopefully with this reconnection of everything, we'll remember to start embracing that whole dimension. So if people had more to say, otherwise we, you know, we can go back. Oh, you know what? We didn't look at some of the uh, phases because there is the new moon in Gemini. But I know that looking back, there's lunar ge- gestation periods. And Liz or we're, Justin. We're going to look at that with the full moon. Oh, 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 gosh. Okay, you know, sometimes life is a lot of dyslexia. (laughs) Okay, pardon, no more, said. Let's go to the new moon, the full moon, the full moon. God, it's with the, um, forget it. Okay, Gemini, here we come. Full moon on the 18th. Okay. And it's 27 degrees almost at the half point at 29 minutes in Gemini, very late at the, the sun will be at the galactic center, which is the center of our galaxies. Um, 
So, hello. Yeah, they, they can. Um, I like how Philip Sedgwick describes um, that planets conjunct that point at the galactic center is like defragging a computer. So if people aren't familiar with that, it's it's just where you're removing old software, old programming, old concepts and beliefs, and you're able to tack on new beliefs, new processes, and new tools, and you're able to um, boil it down and, and get it, get your whole mind, spirit functioning more efficiently. <laughs> so, good. Well, we have changes galore. So we have here, I think what I was looking at. Why? Oh, I know what I'm looking. I'm remembering the lunar eclipse when Mars was opposing uh, Uranus. Yeah. Any rate, does Liz, do you have some thoughts? Well, to me, Chiron is very active in this chart, and Chiron is the wounded healer teacher and it's sextile to venus and pluto so it has a good um, connection with venus and pluto assisting each other it squares mercury very tightly and it trines the south node so there's all this action happening with chiron of healing and it's in the seventh house in the east coast chart so in relationships i would say that there's a lot of healing taking place and that can be one-on-one -on -one relationships business relationships, intimate relationships, relationships of all kinds. So um, that's pretty exciting, <laughs> you know, because these charts are really showing big shifts and changes, you know, are, are about to take place. Uh, the new moon chart that we just looked at a moment ago, or the first half of the show, um, you know, there's was so much going on below the surface that, you know, maybe people still didn't have quite all the information, but now it's shifting. So it's very Western hemispheric. Um, so it's like shifting from that Northern hemispheric to the Eastern or the Western, sorry. We're, we're open, right? The, the mm -hmm. Western is where we're, we are open and available. We share everything. So that's uh, coming up right before the season. Before the solstice, I mean, there's so many things. It was before the solstice, before the retrograde, the next day Venus does a retrograde. Justin, did you have? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there. You know, I, I like how uh, Liz pointed out the Chiron in the, the seventh house of relationship. Because at the same time in the chart, I'm looking at Hygieia, which is in Libra, which is about relationship and the hygiene of relationships, the health of relationships. And I think, you know, when we look at the air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, it is about relationship. They're air signs and communications and thinking and how we deal with, with relationship. And and interestingly enough, the, the Sabian symbols speak to that, that points to relationship with the 27 degrees the gypsy emerging from the forest trying to you know reach a larger hole and and reach out to relationships and of course then the 28 degrees uh, speaking to kind of liberation from the past um uh, with relationships and, and a new change in relationships and then of course the um the the vedic nishakra also pointing out about 
that people are going to be focused more on the mental side of relationships right now. So I think that's that I think Liz was spot on with that, that this is really more of a focus is with this moon around relationships. And it does try in the galactic center, which Sarah, you were mentioning Hygieia. That's a very healing uh, flow. You know, it's that by trying, you know, it's a flowing energy towards what we're embracing. So, you know, which is the full moon. Yeah. I wanted to tack on to that, uh, Chiron, um, how Mars is, is trying that. And from four degrees of Sag to the six degrees of Chiron and Aries and um, eight degrees. That's oh, eight degrees. Sorry, my glasses aren't. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, it's in really small. <laughs> so, yeah. but I wanted to mention that there, that trine aspect though is um, there's an exercise that was recommended on um, again. Philip Cedric recommends this galactic center exercise of writing down. I get to be wrong about. You put that at the top of the page, and then you start writing down all the things that irritate you <laughs> and, and you kind of rewrite the script of what your story is going to be um, in regards to this. So um, to bring awareness and then to release, to bring awareness. I yeah. It's a great awareness and release point to kind of get your, because the galactic center is kind of what we revolve around. And yeah. um, so it I just like that. that it, it it's just like the sage and messenger just that was flashing on the screen that we brought up, you know, it, it, yeah, it just, I think there's both of these lunitations that we're discussing here uh, between uh, in December are very powerful for deep cathartic healing on that. We haven't been able to reach for a long time. So. Yeah. Well, that's enforced by the Mars and South Node being in the third house of communication. So writing it out would be one form of communication. So to me, that's just another hint that that's really a great thing to do. Um, I wanted to add something about the karma, the Sabian symbols. Um, it's like a new perspective, a new chapter in life, um, and letting the talents and creative potentials come forth is what I would add to the Sabian Allowing, symbols. allowing. I like that. Yes. And of course, we have Neptune. I was noticing that's, that's you know, right um, in a, it, it, for the nation. I mean, we're talking, you know, as a collective here, uh, spiritual potential on the, the cusp of the other, so that, because uh, I'm thinking with the writing, um, there is such a thing as um, automatic writing, just in other words, without contriving, just flowing and allowing it to reveal. So I think maybe a dialogue between the two, you know, to, to figure out, I'm a big fan of that in a lot of ways. And then a few hours after this, which will be on the, the next day, Venus goes retrograde, but it's just a few hours after. So that to me plays very important in this chart. And how, sure. how would you describe that? Well, looking at 
uh, maybe how things of what we really would desire or want to have or our creative potential. It's like maybe, you know, lots of people have been moving lately. It just continues the movement. I mean, look at houses they've been selling, you know, they're, they're sold in five days. I mean, that's pretty quick. So there's like all this people are relocating. So they must have a new value of where they want to live. Some are moving closer to family. Some are moving because they want to work at home now. So there's all this different, I would say it's a reevaluation process of, again, our values and our desires of what we want. There sure is. I'm thinking when you bring up that, what comes here on the news sometimes is alarms me as to the matrix of our national sense of identity because homes are being bought up by Wall Street all across the nation in certain cities, I know Atlanta and other cities where they're renting them. And so it's um, making it very difficult for a certain, you know, for, for people to, to buy homes you know, one factor. And that I think as a, as a value, um, you know, is part of the picture is part of the picture. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And I think, uh, you know, uh, the, the, I, I love the remedy that, that Sarah brought up there, how to look at this and, and a healing aspect and the remedy aspect of it. And I think the whole thing that Liz mentioned about people moving right now, and we're seeing that people are making, reevaluating, readjusting. Aquarius is where they're making those adjustments to relationships. And I think that trying in the chart between, um, you know, uh, Hygieia there, that asteroid and relationships and the second house of values, when you're talking about values. And, and trying with Jupiter, which is wanting to expand and get out there in the collective more. And the moon in, in, in you know, in that Gemini, and it's about how our, our perspective and relationships. I think this is a great time to reevaluate and to, that's why people are moving. Uh, like that gypsy moving out of the forest from her tribe, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the Sabian symbols. It's really about moving into a different place and in different communities. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a great time for people to change communities, look at different groups and, and change that. I think it's a really positive time for that. You see a lot of people uh, getting off of different social plat media platforms and getting on new media platforms because of the, the Jupiter and Aquarius aspect there. So definitely it's all about relationship and changing that right now. Yeah, new horizons, new horizons. Isn't that true when it comes to social media or weather too and and all of that is like, how are we embracing? So talking about lunar cycles, the yearly lunar cycle, the new moon and Gemini was on June 10th of this year. So if you think back to June 10th, maybe what was going on in your life, if you journal, that's a lot easier to look up. Or if you keep any kind of a calendar, you know, are you continuing to work on those things or it could be a time of releasing it and going, well, I thought I wanted that, but I really don't want it. And then the other cycle that we're in is the lunar gestation cycle, which is a three-year cycle. And the new moon phase of that began on June 21st of 2020. So we're in the middle of that phase. So you can even go back to June of 2020 and see if you're working on some of those processes that you started. Well, that one I did have. That was a cancer solar eclipse. 
So maybe Justin, we can bring that one up. That was the one that we well, were wondering. Uh huh. Did I do something wrong? Go ahead. Go ahead. What? No, you called Nathan Justin. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I, I also want to point out another another cycle when we look at this is the how the moon the uh, moon bringing in the lunar nodes. Uh, so the the first Gemini, the first Gemini uh, Sag, or Gemini Sag new moon back in 2019. In November, and that kind of spoke to again relationships. We were giving sort of a taste about about how we how our philosophy of beliefs and about relationships with those those uh, those uh, new moon and full moon in in November December of 2019. That was sort of the lead in to the change of the nodes into Gemini and Sag. There's some on top of the, what she was mentioning those phases. Yeah, no, these are really. Uh, strong. I mean, as far as, because we didn't bring up those charts to show here, but I, I did pull them up and look at these things. And then of course, going back to 2003 in this, because, you know, every eclipse is part of a Soros, S-A-R-O-S cycle. So it's every 18 years, eight months, 11 days, there's going to be uh, a, uh, another part of this family that extends from 12, altogether 1,200 years to sometimes 1,500 years. It's an enormous span of time. And the last one was in uh, November 23, 2003. So they're marking points, aren't they? If we look back on a personal basis in 2003, for myself, that was pretty momentous to 2020, which we're saying last year on those last solar eclipse, if I remember, if that's correct, I had a very personal experience. My mother died on that eclipse day. And of course, here in the United States, it depended. It was right around midnight. So it could have been, it was actually during the eclipse. It was on the 18th or it's on the 20th. You know, and then later on, it was on the 21st. And then also going back to 2019, May 6th, I think it was, was it, where the nodes went in. So we're in this long sage and messenger time between ourselves, isn't it really? The relationship with ourselves and other people and how we're doing the cycle pomp, getting into our inner spirits to reflect out a lot of uh, new directions does any comments or, you know, please feedback here or, or lunar. I think, Sarah, you had some lunar things that you were going to talk about. Vedic. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I just know that these, this, these lunastations in December are just really speaking to this very concentrated and controlled energies that are at our disposal uh, that are very favorable for, uncovering resources and working towards the pursuit of goals um control so sure yeah go ahead which one are controlled well mercury's in um capricorn it's trine uranus which makes it incredible innovations possible breakthroughs we could have incredible breakthroughs with um 
creating formulas and re recipes for success or for things that work in our lives or create new businesses or create yes. um, new ways of doing things. Yeah, I see. Um, I, I was just control kind of threw me off. I think of Virgo and Scorpio. And but yeah, there's control. also a, there's also a real physicality. Structure, new structure, new structure, new form. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a lot of physical needs with this, too. I mean, there's just all this Sagittarius energy. You know, it, 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 run, it rules the legs <laughs> and um, the knees and, you know, with all the Capricorn energy that we're moving into. So like getting into a habit of walking or running more um, or just getting more physical exercise is really going to to help us on a spiritual level too. So um, the eclipse point uh, was conjunct Antares, which is um, a royal fixed star, and it's at the it's at the the knee of Sagittarius, which I thought was interesting. And there was you know another um, deacon point that also emphasizes bones, the, the strength of bones or potential weakness of bones. So um, I just wanted to add something around the caution of lifting things correctly, using good form um, and recognizing and sending love to your knees in the way that you use those micro movements day in, day out that um, can strengthen or weaken those points. It's interesting because knees are bending issues in a framework Mm -hmm. And so it is sort of an intriguing idea that we're trying to bend possibly what traditions and what how we live the past. Well, yep. yeah, how we're lifting our past to our future and recreating structure and foundations and all that. You know, it's um, a lot of dynamics involved. Liz, you had something about the numerology. I thought that was really good about tying this together, too. It was nine. Well, um, it's at 27. So um, 27, Gemini makes a nine. So it's a, a time of endings and new beginnings, completions. It is. You know, I guess it's a time to embrace. I had a friend that just sent up um, a, a, a quote that life is where you have two arms. You have grief and gratitude and without one or the other you have really nothing and i was thinking someone needs to be glad right have grief and gratitude blessings thank you and may the season give light thank you so much see you in the new year thank you Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.